0: Good morning, good afternoon, or in our case, happy 420, and welcome back to the Q&R Code podcast with Quinn and Riley, hello everybody, happy Tuesday, happy every day, happiness in general, and we are here together. In Charlottesville Riley's sweet little cottage home here so getting to record again in person which we are quite liking and at this point I'm just thinking maybe we just ought to make it happen for every episode (laughs) I'm like oh perfect excuse perfect reason we have to move in together or I don't know just travel to see each other every single week Yeah, it would be really good to do it together more often. And not only that, of course, course the Q&R code is our top priority. But there are many advantages of living close together, and one that we have um, been speaking of is sharing goods, sharing closets, that was something that was a huge travesty moving apart, separating our clothing, Uh, sharing sourdough, sharing recipes and cookbooks and animal time. Yeah. And I just told Riley because so, as you know, my mom spent some good quality time with me at my place in Denver for a little while in the fall, um around Thanksgiving, and she we we did some I'm trying to think if we got furniture that go around. I don't know that we were really furnishing things that go around, but we have had those moments with my mom, and we were just doing some more kind of feng shuiing and decorating like we talked about, but it's nice because now my mom is here for a few days helping Rye with some of that stuff, and it's so fun to step into her house and see things are just even more like put together and just such, such cute vibes, and they have been Thrifting or finding at secondhand stores and vintage shops their furniture. And I'm like, look how good your furniture looks. And it would look amazing with mine. We just have similar taste where I'm like, oh no, we have to build a bigger house for us to both live in. And then our furniture will intertwine together so well, like it's meant to be. Yeah, a shared house would be so cute the art collections would really come together nicely. Like Quinn said, the furniture, just the overall feeling of happiness in the home. <laughs> the dogs, the cousins, look they look good together. They really do. And Raji looks just like one of our cow hides that we have th- thrown artfully over piece of furniture and I always think that's so cute. He looks like a little mini cow. And around. and people always say that Pinkerton looks like the hide. That's that one Ottoman of mine. They say, did you skin Pinkerton's brother? And I say, don't say that. Um, but yeah, I just love I love adding, like we've talked about, adding furniture and cool pieces over time. It's just... So fun and helps bring a space together so much like I walked into Rise' bedroom this time and what she really all she added to her bedroom are nightstands and a mirror in the corner but it looks so nice together and this one nightstand I just absolutely love I love them both so much. Um, but it, this one would go so particularly well with my <laughs> furniture, as you know, that I have one inherited piece from my grandma and then a piece that we found secondhand with this beautiful, it, it's, I don't know, I wish I knew wood better, but a beautiful finished wood and it's a marble top that just looks so cool. And it's not at all giving, like, I know... Some people feel like marble's been overdone, which I can definitely feel with some, like, fake, cheap stuff and it being, like, overdone in the kitchen and stuff. I get that. But in this way, it just looks so striking. And I love the – I love what when – corners of the home feel like a piece of art which is so much how this corner of your bedroom feels with this oval mirror and then having your flowers that are seen in the reflection and seen just first by your eyes anyway i'm very pleased with it and proud of you guys for the work you've put in and how well you've disguised roger's crate looks (laughs) awesome um and BT Dubs, we're we're just doing another chatty Kathy episode talking about some things that have come up in our days and life and week recently. Um, but I'm excited. I want to talk about the little bit of antiquing we did this morning. I feel like a very lucky girl because I think I must have mentioned this on the podcast before because it's so true that Charlottesville has some amazing vintage and thrift shopping for furniture. Specifically, I haven't done much in the clothing scene here at all um, shopping, whether it's secondhand or not, but their furniture is great. And that's it's just so very nice when you're moving, especially because we didn't have much furniture at all. We had a couple pieces, not even a bed. We had our headboard. We had a couple inherited pieces, but moved pretty bare bones, which is nice to kind of start fresh somewhere. But I'm just so grateful because I'm so much more into thrifted secondhand furniture pieces because the quality for the bang for your buck is so great. Of course, there's actual antiquing where you end up spending a lot on something that is because it's from a certain period or it's been restored really nicely or really expert craftsmanship things like that but a lot of the times you can get such sturdy pieces that will last a lifetime but i think sometimes people like i've heard people be like oh my gosh you got that for that much I would have only paid 30 bucks and stuff. I'm like, okay, we we need to be reasonable because when something is, I mean, if furniture takes resources and like it, there, I think I mentioned actually this piece of furniture before that I just have this beautiful armoire dresser that we got for $50 which is crazy like that is unusual because it has a hole cut out of it in the back um, but sometimes people expect things to be so cheap and I'm like just because it's second hand you can't expect a piece that would be $4,000 new to all of a sudden be less than 100 Like I, I still think you have to don't typically go to like a vintage store and expect to spend actually nothing but you get still such better bang for your buck because when i moved into my different places in colorado my mom and i did swing through um like crate and barrel and pottery barn just just curious I was like, oh, I can't, I can't afford a chair. Like, we were looking for a chair for the living room, and also we wanted, ideally, chairs around my dining room table. Like, it would be nice to have chairs. We ended up just getting a second bench, like one I had from TJ Maxx, and they're great for what they are because the chairs that I liked, it's literally four hundred dollars each. Like, we couldn't find stuff less than that. And so to actually furnish a home straight up from what's it called when it's not secondhand, just whatever, firsthand, (laughs) I guess firsthand stuff like is nuts, but we had fun this morning. We went to a vintage, I never know, Do just call it a vintage store, I guess, an antique shop, Mm -hmm. whatever. and i was excited because i found a just a wooden bowl that's perfect for my sourdough because when you make sourdough loaves you the technique i do is i make the dough and let it rise it's first bulk rise overnight and i just haven't had a good bowl for it, so that I'm really excited about, that we're just going to sand and like re-oil probably, or stain, stain. um and I got this cool little piece of art that's a metal engraving of some horses it's like a horse drawn carriage with bunnies and stuff Egyptian that, style yeah, Egyptian style um so that's going to be fun. And I was excited because when I got here, Riley showed me she found a bracelet from a secondhand store that goes perfectly with the necklace we talked about on the podcast that when we were in Washington visiting my grandma, we went to a vintage store and I found a really cool chain made in italy that's sterling silver and we found like it's perfect sister bracelet which i thought is so cool that riley has it and i'm like oh perfect thanks for the gift yeah it's so cute so perfect i was also like that's so fun i've never seen this sort of like specific chain link that they have before until now within a couple months of each other we just found it in two different uh, literally on the opposite sides of the country vintage shops but yeah, that's been such a nice part of my just catch up, is definitely that mom and I have been. We found some good scores and we just reorganized stuff that we already had. Also, sometimes you just need someone else to come into the home and help you with some lingering projects and the great news is also that Roger has done so so amazing as you guys know he can struggle with new people coming into the house it's all very exciting and new for him and he has been uh, only a good boy not even want to the point where I'm like why are you pretending like you're not naughty at all now I'm looking like I've just been so overdramatic because with your auntie and your grandma here, he's just a little stomping angel on earth. Yeah, he's not thinking anything of it at all. He's literally only just excited and being so adorable and loving to give me kisses with his little square snoot. It is so cute. I can't wait for him to come see his cousin again. But speaking of shopping, I had an interaction that I wanted to tell you about the other day because I complimented my client's bag, and it was a Fendi bag, and I just liked it because it was very structured and olive green, and I liked it, so I complimented it. And she's like, yeah, it fell off the truck, like wink, it winked at me, and I was like, if he left the track, I, I was like, "Oh, really?" And she's like, "Yeah, you know," and like winked. And at first, I was like, "Wait, what?" Because I, and then I'm like, "Oh, does that mean that it's like fake? Is that what that means?" And that's what I was just wondering if she's saying like, "Oh, it's not an actual designer bag," but I you don't know. Yeah, so I, I kind of clarified. I was like, "Oh, do you mean like?" do you mean you got it for cheap or you found it whatever I can't remember exactly how I asked but she was like yeah I have um a hookup that like if something if there's a seam that's not perfect in quality control or something whatever a little some sort of mistake defective yeah that she has a hookup apparently And I was like, is this so weird? And was it too forward that I was like, oh, gee, can I know? Like, whatever. And she gave me someone's contact, actually, because I was like, you know what? That would be perfect for. And I told her, I'm like, I wonder if they do like Golden Goose sneakers. And she was like, yeah, they do. Because I'm like, that is one thing that if I was going to buy, I would love. I don't care. Like, they we we know they look destroyed and like dirty as it is so i'm like that is something i would much rather get for cheaper than to actually spend the 500 on yeah so you just have to wonder in that situation though you're like hopefully these are actually just like selling the defective items for cheaper and not manufacturing fake ones to just to sell because that is just a wasteful industry and as you know we're always concerned about what the chain of supply is for the things that we're getting yeah that was my concern and i haven't looked into it and odds are i probably never will because i also am not someone i'm not against having designer things but i don't tend toward Because something's designer, I like it better. Like, I just, I tend to like something just because I like the way it looks, not because of its label. Um, but I thought that was funny. I was like, am I so out of touch that I don't even know that's like a figure of speech pertaining to that? Um, but anyway, I think that's what's that's what scares me the most is just the thought like i don't know makes me sick to my stomach thinking about fast fashion just in general like how it's produced and people like when you're in cities and you see booths full of just Stuff that is clearly so cheaply made, and but speaking of little booths, and then I'll we can move on. I thought it was so cute that when we were antiquing today, that they're you know they have the different sellers, and the only one that like stood out that you could tell was whatever any any particular persons was because they had their little note taped onto it that said, Hi, my name is blank. I'm a middle schooler, and I hope you like this shelf that I've curated for you. Thank you so much for your support. And I thought it was so cute, so I bought this little miniature... miniature <laughs> um, A little miniature zebra, little clay zebra, because I told Riley I've always loved zebras, which we know, but... I was like, I would love to have a zebra. It's just another awesome equine that I would love to train, but I know that that's probably not the right thing, so this will be my little zebra. Yeah, it is cute. I said the zebra would be too cold. <laughs> yeah, zebra's too cold, but they are so... I just think they're so cool, and I think it's so cool that they're part of the equine family. And even watching... that's. But I, they live in... In Wyoming, I'm—I don't know why I'm spacing the name Turtle something of the the horse trainers that he has trained so many horses. He trained the Clydesdale Budweiser horses. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. but I didn't know they had zebras. Yeah, they have zebras, and they've trained zebras for like a long time. So I don't know. Maybe they are good in. Maybe they are good in cold weather. Otherwise, though, another little update is I have been listening to Tish and Brandy Cyrus's podcast called "Sorry We're Stoned," which is so funny. I had no idea they had a podcast, and I frankly can't. Oh. How I found out about it is because Miley posted it on her story. Um, Yeah, I didn't know that they had a podcast until you had just told me that. Is it just, like, conversational with them? Yeah, and it cracks me up. I like it because I, as we know, I'm a Cyrus girl. I love Miley Cyrus, and I don't usually, like, fangirl over celebrities and their families too much, but... I do like the Cyrus family. And of course, who can deny it's so fun listening to Tish talk. She's like, oh, y'all, like, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting stoned. Like, let me light up for a minute. It's so funny and so cute. And I just also love that she's a big time stoner. And you just she's just flicking her little lighter, lighting up a joint and eating her crackers and stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they talk and they have people call in and ask questions and like you know they share memories whatever they give updates she loves tish loves and brandy um which oh i forgot there they did a apparently a little show called like cyrus versus cyrus where they it's an interior design show which i didn't know and i haven't seen but brandy and tish both love interior design so they give like design tips and people call in asking about design or about stories from the family and i like hearing about her horses like brandy brandy keeps all of the siblings horses and stuff and so i just think it's like fun i love listening to another horse girl you know yeah that's so sweet does miley have horses with her yeah so miley well i will say i listened to like when i first listened I listened to the most recent one but then I decided I just wanted to go back all the way to the beginning and I think it was in 2020 so I'm listening to stuff from 2020 and I think that's when they were talking about having her horses but yeah like apparently she has a trail horse named Melody that stays there um so I think she has Miley's horses but I don't know if still to this day but she at least did oh that's sweet yeah i need to listen i haven't seen that one yet i've been kind of on a roll not listening to things recently but just still with movies we've been talking about movies the past couple episodes but mom and i went to two in theaters within a week which is pretty rare for us but since she was in town and we just kind of felt like having a couple mellow nights and it was rainy And we did see The Zone of Interest, which I don't know if you've heard about. I think it got, like, Best Picture nomination and things like that. It is the most recent Holocaust movie about the family that, like, lived at Auschwitz while... It was operating. I this guy, um, his name is Rudolf Haas, I believe. He was an actual character, the movie or an actual person, but the movie is based off of a novel, like inspired by them. But it is, it is a good movie. I guess I would say well done movie in the sense that how much do you walk away from something in like that and be like, oh, that was so good. It's obviously a horrible topic and a horrible time in history to look back on but i think it's important to continue to do so especially with so many people not being in touch with history and not like understanding the magnitude of events like that um so that was heavy and we also saw the movie poor things which i want to say also is up for best picture i don't really care i don't know why i'm even bringing up with award shows because that's not for me like a big to do i don't need to see all the things that are being nominated but sometimes it is kind of fun to like follow along and also just know what's happening and what's like what people are watching and stuff yeah i think that's fun and i also like we one of the few televised things that we would try to go like to our a neighbor's house to watch was the oscars like growing up i just think it's fun and it makes me think of mom's baked brie wrapped in a pastry puff pastry and that is delicious i love that type of thing in anticipation for the Super Bowl coming up I'm literally just like perfect honestly I maybe will want to have Super Bowl plans for food because that's fun and that's how I feel about the Oscars too but it, I think it can be fun to know like something's nominated because I do think often that's a indicator of a high quality film not always but I, that's the one with Emma Stone right? Yeah, Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe. Mark Ruffalo is in it as well. Oh, yeah. I saw their like a couple of their little clips of an interview that that they were cracking up and were cute together. Yeah, it is a very weird movie, but they, it's very well acted. It's just so funky. Like, if I were just to. summarize the plot to you it, you would be like what are you talking about <laughs> it is a wild ride but um they did a good job it, it's very stylized so it's fun to see something different like they use obviously like animation in it it's not an animated movie but it's not one that like tries to look like the whole thing is just filmed it Definitely, it gets a lot of like editing, post-editing, or whatever the term for it is called. But yeah, very different sort of thing. Um, The Zone of Interest, also, I forgot to mention, is a foreign film, I I imagine, out of Germany or Poland. Um, And so it has subtitles. And that is something that I don't mind, is reading subtitles. But I just don't, honestly, like on my own volition, seek out foreign films very often and it made me think and remember that I should see different like perspectives from filmmaking and not only stuff that's American made I think that's always valuable and you get to see different actors different people the whole thing it's just like shakes the bag and so much of the world I feel like is so familiar with American media and we are much less so about other places so little inspired to do that we'll see yeah I I think that's fun too especially I just think hearing different languages is good for your brain as well and I like keeps things a little more interesting and spicy in life when stuff isn't always so readily accessible within your mind and within your brain and I was actually talking about this with my seatmate on the airplane, which another surprise to me, like having, I had a long conversation, definitely the longest conversation I've ever had with someone on an airplane before on my flight here yesterday. And she was super nice. She was like 45, whatever. She had a couple of her kids with her and then her oldest Kids stayed home from their little ski trip, but um, we were talking about how much kids, easy. she was just like surprised talking about kids being interested in doing drugs. She was like, I was a party animal growing up. Like, I liked to drink, I liked to go clubbing, I liked to go out, but I wasn't into like. I wasn't trying to find the harder drugs like that just wasn't normal for my even my school or like group of people back then and I'm like I I've seriously been wondering if that type of thing is because of the amount of stimulation that the generation really right below us has like maybe it's not even considered generation below us but to me it is kids like A couple years and then younger than us like within whatever 10 ish years below us that I just think they have grown up with such a very even more like constantly being fed dopamine dopamine all these releases looking at screens all the time that I'm like they probably in already their adolescent brains are needing something to feel more fulfilled and like giving them that hit that now it's to me becoming again slightly more normalized to be like obviously they're always reaching for their vapes or whatever and then you just I I've just been hearing more about kids being like really interested in coke and stuff that I'm like is this is this too hard of a drug to talk about on the podcast (laughs) I'm like I don't know but I yeah I don't know what you think about that um, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I think that can definitely be is like a factor of changing the way these sweet little baby brains work. And also, I think having access to the sort of like media that they do all the time. What I, I haven't heard that much with, with drugs, but you hear now about like all the elementary schoolers are getting really into like skincare and makeup routines and there's like a craze for like 10 year olds to be getting like full-blown skincare routines which i think that your kid should have a skincare routine in the sense of they're putting on their sunscreen every day and then you teach them to watch their little faces when they're in the shower but you just really don't your skin is so perfect you there's not any like problems that most kids need to treat of course everyone's skin is unique and there might be an actual thing where they're in you know conversations with a dermatologist or something if you have a skin condition but mostly they don't need makeup i know Different people have different opinions about when it's an appropriate time to start playing with makeup. I think it's complicated because it can be such a fun, like, creative expression. But I personally wouldn't want my, like, young child to start, like, wearing makeup daily to school or anything like that. And also just the expense of it all. It's like, uh, you can try, you can learn on drugstore makeup like the rest of us. We don't need to be taking you to Sephora. Um, but I think, again, when you are having such access to watching creators on YouTube and scrolling through TikTok and you can find any show on a streaming service and on the Internet and stuff, having that sort of exposure definitely changes what's in your wheelhouse based off of like the place you grow up, your neighborhood, your community, your school. But when you live somewhere that's quote unquote more sheltered in the times of your How would you even know to like be thinking to seek out drugs? You're like, that's just not even on my radar. And now, the internet, it's it's like we have done a whole episode on can be a beautiful place, but it also can be very hard to have healthy boundaries with particularly screen time for kids. That is such a nuanced, complicated issue. How can you even... How can you even do the right thing when our world is so technologically driven, like they're going to be exposed to that stuff. I guess you just empower them with information about like making good choices for their little bodies and brains and try to provide the like most reasonable amount of monitoring and support possible. It's... Also, I feel like probably parents for generations have always thought this because you hear people are there's always then the new thing, the new thing, the new thing that parents are concerned about. I think no matter what in every day and age, there are reasons for parents to be concerned about something. But I do feel like now is a very... I could understand parents being more concerned literally with the f- like fentanyl specifically being so deadly that it is to me now scarier like to me I am more scared to do drugs now than I was a few years ago and not just because of my maturity level like I was never just wanting to do random people's drugs randomly anyway because there's always a risk there and there's always you know what really stuck with me was the Gossip Girl episode where <laughs> Serena and whatever boy she was with he does cocaine and immediately like dies yeah, overdoses. overdoses and so drugs are there are plenty of scary things about drugs obviously but now just knowing it's so it's just getting increasingly as far as I know, unsafe and sketchy. And I can imagine if I were a parent right now to a teen, it would be like, I'm not someone who feels strict in the way of being like, seriously, don't do drugs. But right now I'm like, I feel like I would be being like that because It's like, no, actually, there is such a risk of contamination that you guys have no idea. And now it is not fair to be like, oh, wait till so-and-so tries it and see. Like, No, I don't want any of them doing that because there is so much risk, and that is where it's better. I'm like, what can you do as a parent? It's like, um, don't don't be doing drugs too early, but at the same time, if you must, uh uh-oh, this is where the drawer (laughs) with the weed is that I know for a fact is not laced with anything. But I also, even though I am obviously pro-cannabis, I still, it's not like I want to be as a parent encouraging my teenager to smoke weed or whatever. I don't know, I, thankfully we have time before we have to- <laughs> I'm re- like, I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> yes, like, I don't have to be too worried right now, but I I just feel for her. She was, she was just saying, she's like, I don't want to be a parent that keeps my kid in a cage or under a tight fist, but like, I am worried. About this stuff and don't want to be a prude, but am worried And then I'm trying to think My brain, my brain just Was bringing me somewhere Hmm, my brain was bringing me somewhere I don't know (laughs) Drugs these days, it's like Can't, is is nothing holy anymore? (laughs) Could we not just keep drugs like A solace? (laughs) No, just kidding Well, That's the argument for legalization of drugs where I am not by any means an advocate of, yeah, put whatever you can into your body and see what happens. But I understand like an inherent curiosity for things. And also I believe that there are utilizations of like psychedelic drugs that can be productive. And I think that they could be better like it could be a better, safer solution for people if it wasn't just full on ban illegal jail time. If you're found with mushrooms or whatever it is, like I think that, It's complicated and people have big feelings around drugs. I do like anyone that has experience with an addict or addiction in their life, especially, I feel like so many of us have points of sensitivity with that where it's like, yeah, but you can see where this goes really wrong. But it is hard when the problem is like you said, having things that are not what you're expecting, what you think you're gonna consume or buy or in a different amount, like when there is regulation there is a safety aspect to it, but who knows how things are going to go in our lifetime? Because I bet people would never have expected that. And now in the UK, there I for I shouldn't even speak to something I know so little about, but that there is the new legislation from King Charles about buying cigarettes that. Any kids that I think it's like 13 and under at this point will never be able to in the UK, like legally buy a cigarette. And it's because it's like a grandfathered in law that they're slowly rolling out. But that's a place where people smoke so often, like it's very prevalent. And I just think that that's so interesting that that also in the States. Is it all the states now that you have to be 21 or over to buy nicotine products? I think. Or was that just a Wyoming thing that came up? I think it is in the states because it, no, yeah, in Colorado, like my friends in Colorado that were younger than 21 couldn't buy stuff. So I think it is the states. Um, yeah, it will be. It will be interesting to keep saying, I mean, obviously not all the states are legal for weed, like I'm just curious about how long that's going to take to keep legalizing stuff and I'm like, can we please do it? I'm so sick of this, you know I love Wyoming, Wyoming is my home, and I should feel confident to go to Wyoming and enjoy myself a vacation with some gummies on board and not feeling like, OMG, what if I... Am terrified and pulled over or something I don't know I'm like Uh do not be listening to this podcast no one say don't say anything to the feds don't tell don't tell them that this girl I I'm like no this whole time that you were thinking I was smoking marijuana no that's you guys were confused I don't do that stuff it's illegal some places uh, no. But again, back looping back around to stone, being a stony baloney. First of all, another thing I would like to say about the Sorry We're Stoned podcast that I loved is with the few episodes I've listened to, I love it because they've been highlighting some... Hi. Lighting. Hi, lighting. They actually do use funny things. Like they they use funny stoner terminology and stuff. They call their listeners stoners. <laughs> but um, she, so Tish has brought people on and when their podcast first started was like right around when we lost George Floyd to police brutality and when It was just right around when covid started and then that's when black lives matter movement started in like a fuller swing and i was just glad and thought it was cool because she has brought people onto the podcast to be helping educate and spread the word which to me i knew whenever i said on the podcast something about oh my gosh I am a drag race literally a drag. I'm like drag race that only makes me think of queers. <laughs> um, but I know I mentioned something which I knew in that moment. I was like i I'm kind of having conflict and problems with myself, and it's still not resolved in my mind i I don't I don't know everything. I don't know I don't have a fully formed opinion about everything in the world as crazy as that is. But I said something about, like, I, I'm worried about feeling like celebrities always have to say something about every issue. But then when they do, like, and Tish and Brandy don't even have the biggest platform, obviously, for their their podcast compared to what hmm, <clears throat> T-Swift has just on Instagram. But um, I think it's so cool that she, they're, like, speaking openly and freely about those beliefs with, like, the, I love to hear them being, Tish is like, we need to be doing more and educating more about the issue of like people that are displaced and like on Skid Row and people, indigenous women that are missing or murdered, like these issues and police brutality. I just think it's cool that they're mentioning it at all, like when they are such public people. And then again, on the topic of weed, you guys, just in case you're a little stoner as well and are wanting to do the best things for your health. I have just been re-inspired to be just doing everything I can to take care of my health as much as I can when I'm smoking. And Riley and I are both ordering a hemp wick. Because if you are consuming via inhalation, it's so much better to use a hemp wick than to be breathing in like butane and stuff from lighter fluid. And then also I'm ordering, I don't know if you pronounce it, mullein, mullein, mullein? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that if you've tried it because I've been hearing about this as well. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm ordering it, and it's it's called Mulein M U L L E I N leaf extract, um, and that's supposed to be really helpful and good for your throat. And I need to find out more about it, but it's good for the throat. Again, uh, speaking of stoners, again, this episode is actually called Stoners Are Us, and uh, yeah, I am even more excited to now see the Bob Marley biopic, because I have seen I don't know where, who how I saw it come up, I don't know but I saw Ziggy Marley shared, like, a trailer kind of, I don't know if it's actually a trailer but he shared some, yeah and I'm like, yes, One Love, um, coming out February 14th in theaters. That will be my date night on Valentine's Day. And I can't wait. So thanks, Rai, for cluing us all into that. Yeah, and I had to repeat it for your brain to soak in the info, and you're welcome. Yeah, thank you, because if you don't tell me something 42 times, I'm not going to remember specifically the name of a movie or something like that. So honestly, thank you. Um, I just was going to say the book that I'm currently reading is called Locking Up Our Own. Um, the subtitle is Crime and Punishment in Black America by James Foreman Jr. And this is just a reminder that yes, there was some amazing like social action taking place with regards to Police brutality and Black Lives Matter, and just similar causes, I feel like a couple years ago with a pandemic that had a lot of momentum. And then as always, the new cycle changes, everything swings to something else. There's other issues going on that deserve our focus as well. But just a reminder that those problems have not been solved and continuing your education around it is so important to me and continuing my, uh-oh, naughty guy just interrupted us hopefully he settles down um continuing my just journey with anti-racism is important to me i want to be educated about the systems in place and this book i have every single like almost every sentence and every paragraph to Brayden I'm like oh my gosh did you know this it's just really informative and I am reading it slowly because it's a lot of information to take in like it is definitely just startling and disappointing but so important to understand the context of like policing this focus specifically on Washington DC but um, because this is from the author is, was a lawyer in DC for many years. And it looks at that criminal justice system in particularly, but also like America in broader strokes at times. And just speaking of marijuana, the way that like the war on drugs really kind of started with marijuana and how that came to be an issue. And yeah, it's just very interesting. And I, I would really recommend that read. I'm barely into it, but already have gained so much value. And I'm just going to continue on the podcast to talk about the books I'm reading this year because I'm really trying to like s- search for titles with value. Like we said, like I studied many times about my pursuit of quantity or quality over quantity this year with that, I'm glad that I'm starting out with something so educational. I think that's great, Rai, for so many reasons. And one being that when we are not in school being educated, I want to continue educating myself and my brain starts to feel like mush. I that is my biggest problem with the fact that we are raised so in this era of social media is my brain does start to feel like mush. My vocabulary just goes downhill as you can hear us go slay work <laughs> but i like feeling like oh how nice look at me reading a word that's more than five letters along <laughs> like i don't know i've just been feeling so much recently like hmm my brain is not doing what it's done in the past when we were, because until recently we were in school our whole lives, like constantly learning, but on the subject of the war on drugs and how that also has completely like correlates to race and anti-racism is something we need to, I just feel as someone who claims allyship and like I, do believe in my heart. I'm an ally and I care about that. I I care about that identity of mine and I want to do the best that I can to be an ally in the best way for the people we're actually advocating for. And I just think that is an interesting thing to interrogate within ourselves is our desire to be allies and how we show up as allies and i was talking to one of my white friends about this that we were saying like we had an opinion on a white person doing something that is what we would consider appropriation and we were talking about it and i just mentioned like You know, I also think as allies, we have to remember we need to turn to the people who have the place to have the opinions about this. So when I, sometimes I have felt in the past so steadfast in a view as soon as I have found out, like, then I am going to be on the bandwagon of supporting being like, "Mm, no, that's not something that white people or whatever it is, whatever marginalized group we're talking about in this case, being like, "Eh, I don't think white people should or need to practice or adopt that and then just remembering but i'm like but i'm open to if the actual members of the minority group have something to say about that in this case we were talking it wasn't just about this but like for example talking about hairstyles that aren't meant for our hair type and how that is seen often like doing A full head of braids or cornrows or whatever, um, you know, obviously can really also damage like white people's hair because we don't have necessarily the hair for it. But then I said, well, I have seen people, for example, literally in Mexico, you oftentimes you can go and get your hair braided. And I said, I've heard from different like creators point out well, these people are also doing that. That's their business and that's how they make money and they want you to support them by being the tourist that goes and pays for their service to get your hair in some braids or whatever. So I'm just remembering as I grow as an ally that I know I don't know at all. And at the end of the day, we need to be turning to the people that are actually members of these groups we're advocating for because they know best how to support them mm-hmm. um and i i still really want to read those i think it that they are books by michael pollen that's like your mind on plants and one other one that's every everything how to change, how to change, your, mind. How to change your mind um and i think that there's a, a movie i don't know i think there is a movie by I don't know if it's by Michael Pollan, but whatever. I've just been curious because Sean read those books and he loved them so much. And I would like to actually read them and watch about that because I know that, that is, there's commentary on people of color in the like drug space and comparing and contrasting how it's different than white people using drugs and everything. So anyway yeah that's all very interesting and i would like to read those books as well and to your point i just think that what is not productive is to be like the over emotional white woman like getting irrationally upset about something that doesn't impact us i think it's upsetting when i think everything impacts everyone in the sort of like full circle way you know but like yeah definitely i have heard that criticism from people of color of just being like when you act like you're taking something so personally and get so like righteous and upset about everything or like something like that that is maybe more minor it can actually just detract from their cause overall and like the issues of microaggressions build up over time and so it, it can be upsetting but i also just know that like the way that we can like wager our emotions is also having to do with race relations because like there's a, a big difference <laughs> between being critical of something and just noticing and thinking maybe i wouldn't make that decision and i'm trying to be conscientious about how i take up space Than like calling out every single thing there are things that are that really need advocating from different voices and that burden should not rest on the like marginalized group in that situation but i do think that that is part of like work and allyship is like it's so cheesy to say but it's true like ally is a verb like that's something that you continue to work on and grow and you have to continue your education around it because it's not like you just because like you want to be an accepting person that's like yeah i'm an ally like you don't get to decide that that's something that is a work in progress and i also just think it's my self work and self betterment it's not like with a goal to be that person necessarily as much as just like I always want to be the most informed best version of myself and continue to make progress and learn to have a better like more fully formed viewpoint of things and I do think supporting artisans is such a great way to do that because that's a conversation that we were having earlier about wearing silver and turquoise jewelry and people have that question sometimes i see on um, some indigenous creators pages of white people saying like can we buy your designs can we wear your work and the overwhelming response that I have seen is yes, like, please support us. That's the point is like support us as artists instead of going to somebody that's knocking off our designs and like taking our culture and profiting off of it themselves. Like we would love for you to purchase through us. That's the point is this is for people to use and this is for people to wear. And same with like West African waist beads. I don't know if that's only in West Africa, but I've seen creators in Ghana and I know that that's like a cultural thing there of wearing the waist beads. And now you can buy like ones from Shein or Zara or whatever. And they're like, just buy ours. Like, we have no problem culturally with you wearing them. There's like symbology that we would love to teach you. And there are like important things that it's supposed to do and it means to us or whatever. And it's for everyone, but just support us instead of taking our like cultural artifacts and just doing it in a mass produced like unethical way that probably actually is contributing to slave labor Mm -hmm. and like the further disenfranchisement of women and people of color so i i love that you care to be informed on those things and be just making we're all going to leave an imprint and an impact by being around. So we try to reduce it or make it the positive one when you can. And that is just better living. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this stuff to me just still is. I, I don't care. I really don't actually care if it sounds like a broken record. I want to keep talking about this stuff forever and becoming more informed, and the more we are involved in conversation about this, even if you don't feel like you know a lot about it, you can't start, you don't start getting good at something or understanding something by hiding, shying away from it, never doing it, never talking about it. I want to, I want to talk about it more so I can be more articulate in talking about it. I can be better in showing up to support people in general and to continue forming my Feelings and opinions. And I think, as we know, with what's our any current events going on, the best and most powerful thing you can do, period, is to talk about it, is to continue informing people. And remember, this is happening right now. Like, this is happening in the world, and people do tire out of things quickly. Like, I think what's so amazing about the figures in history that have been the game changers that we think about, we know, for example, very, very easy, uh, low hanging fruit to grab would be Martin Luther King Jr. Those people, it's not like you're, they were posting about it for 20 days or a month and then their work was done. They are lifelong advocates like striving to get their message out there and to be lifting people up and bringing saying putting they put themselves literally their lives on the line in history. People have put their lives their families lives on the line to advocate for what they believe in and for justice. So I think especially those of us that are as privileged and safe as we are have a duty to keep talking about things even if it isn't discussing and dissecting all of the specifics and even if it is just a broad overarching conversation like this i think it's important to keep literally putting the words in the air like working on anti-racism something as simple as that it's like remember if you are one, one group of people, if you're a white person, it's probably a good idea to do a little bit of reading about how you can be an anti-racist because chances are you're not very well equipped or informed with that knowledge with how you grow up generally. So, and that is an overarching statement, but I feel like I can always be doing better when you grow up in a community and still, even in Denver, even in the city I'm in, I am so so surrounded by little diversity, like so often I am around in a room full of white people and cis white people, honestly. So I'm like, sometimes if you're in a position like that, but you're like, but I'm not trying to move and I love my life. Like I think a great way to continue to expose yourself to other things outside of your little bubble is like reading and consuming stuff from different creators and authors and etc yeah and i'd rather just talk about an issue even if i don't feel like i know everything about something and i might be wrong like i think that the fear of making mistakes is real for people and i understand not wanting to like be misinterpreted or taken the wrong way and whatnot but Year we are going to make those mistakes and that's a learning opportunity. And I fully expect my position to change the way I might have spoken about something when I was 21 is different than now, which is going to be different than next year. That's the point. And I think it's scary when you're putting something out there in a format where people then can listen back to, and maybe in three years are like, wow, I can't believe they were talking about that like that. I just think that that is like going to make your life come to such a grinding halt if that sort of fear is. First, I would rather make the mistakes and just like, honestly, not to trivialize the issue, but talking about getting married at our age, a lot of people are just like, I just don't get it. Like, why don't you wait? How do you know? Whatever. And I'm like, you don't know. And I don't you're, you're not sure with the decisions that you're making in life. And it doesn't matter if you're younger or older, there's no guarantees. And that just isn't going to be the thing that stops me. Of course, you need to be thoughtful with your decision making and the things that you say. But if you're well-intentioned and you're curious and you're working on it, then I think that that's, yeah, like bring up the hard topics, ask the difficult questions and keep, on yeah remaining open and you can change your mind that's the great thing about it and you can also say the wrong thing and be like oops i said the wrong thing or you know what i don't really think that was the wrong thing but i've changed since then or i hear you and i see how that can be taken that way i didn't mean that whatever it is i just am Expressing that it can be vulnerable and with an issue that you don't feel super well informed about. It's like, should I even speak on that? But if it's important to you, and you want to express something, you should be able to just like with celebrities, when people want them to stay out of politics, I'm like, yeah but that it's part of everybody's lives and it affects all of our lives it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity that doesn't mean that like litigation doesn't impact you or or, like legislation i meant um and that the issues of the world you're above like we are all in that together in a way, and it has complicated dynamics. But if anything, I'm like, you do have a responsibility to stand behind your values to some extent. And at least for me, that's just that's just who I am. I couldn't not be that way if I tried. That's important to me to continue to check in with myself and the people that are in my life all the time to make sure we're be- being the best versions of ourselves in whatever way we can be. Um, but I think that is funny, Gwen. That our little episode together of we're like, oh, we've been thrifting, we're hanging out together in Charlottesville. It's so- Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yeah, we're like, it is so fun to just have some twin time. Anyway, if you're not actively working on anti-racism, then you are part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, we we can't help but dive a little deep sometimes. I'm like. I literally had my plumber back over. I told Riley, why do I keep doing this? I told Riley, I was like, um, blank, so-and-so came over. She's like, sorry, who? I'm like, my plumber. She's like, what? I don't mean came over. Like, <laughs> I'm like, they came and hung out. No, but I, I was talking about, him coming over and he he just cracks me up because he has quite the personality but he was like you know what Quint? like i'm sorry if i kind of went into things too deep because he was telling me about how he got engaged and like showed me a video and then he started talking a little bit of politics and he he's like i'm really sorry if that was just too much i'm like you're you're good my man i go i go in pretty quickly not even necessarily deep but i guess i get personal pretty quickly and it doesn't bother me i know some people think that's off-putting um but i i'm like uh unfortunately like sorry you find my radical vulnerability (laughs) off-putting um that that just made me feel so like uh hand up my heart chakra the way you said that (laughs) um Shanti, Shanti. shanty <laughs> riley and i were just talking about how yoga has its own its own you baggage. know bag, baggage uh, being so very so so very brought to our little white liberal woman culture that we're like Om Shanti Spiritual Gangster um hi my name is Quinn and I'm a spiritual gangster <laughs> no, it's, no it's, too- it's don't clip that <laughs> i'm like we are yeah our podcast is totally big enough that that could go viral um i actually do clip that so people come check us out um yeah, clickbait actually you're about to get an anti racism <laughs> talk. yeah i'm like quinn the spiritual gangster <laughs> no i specifically do not call myself a gangster um and (laughs) And uh, anyway, even even to me, there's a degree that like as a white person calling myself spiritual sometimes can be like, yeah, I want to really clarify if I'm just being I don't know, just sometimes feeding into the like it then almost feels like you're dipping your toes into claiming some sort of Eastern feeling rather than it being like, where if you say you're like religious it's like okay you're christian and if you're being like i'm spiritual it's like are you being goddessy like what i guess i see what you mean but to me i we talked about this so much in one of my religion courses in college about like why do so many people now it's like very much more in vogue to identify as spiritual but not religious and i feel like people do that more because of a desire for separation from like the institutionalized religion of being like, maybe I don't really align with, I couldn't tell you like a denomination or a sort of thing. But I, but people maybe trying to be like, but I'm not just like fully a spiritual where you feel like, oh, I do have a relationship with the, magical realm i know some people would be really triggered to think of god as magic but straight up what are you talking about if you're gonna no 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 your beliefs are your beliefs whatever but it is kind of funny if people are like i would be so uncomfortable with somebody like believing in magic but you believe in like mm, something really like oh you're a christian oh so you believe in magic <laughs> No, I just, I'm like, I believe in fairy magic girl, but not, yes, and I do see what you mean also because there's also like people that are like into witch culture and stuff and that that can have its own problematic thing. There's any sort of little subculture or culture that you get into, there is a way of doing things that is more like earnest and honoring a tradition in a way that's more like, capitalism got its little tendrils in there and are we really just kind of bastardizing things? But ultimately you do you. I don't want to be wishing harm and is a very much a learning thing where people go through different stages. But all that is to say that I do see what you mean, but I think that for a lot of people their I know intent is everything, but I feel like their intention isn't even to align like more Eastern, if you will, or indigenous, it might just be to be like I. I feel, I feel my spirituality has a separate thing from an identity that is with like a group that I can't necessarily point out exactly what that quote unquote spirituality looks like, and I don't have maybe a book that guides me or whatever. Yeah. That I mean, I only made that comment two minutes ago and I don't even remember exactly what I said or how I framed it. But yeah, I don't assume <laughs> when people are saying they're spiritual, I'm not being like, oh, I'm pointing fingers that I assume you're being this way. I just sometimes myself, I think especially literally starting yoga when I'm teaching yoga as a 15 year old, there were some things where I felt like too much too soon happened for me that I was like for me to be leading something where then at the end it is just taught to us that we say namaste like no matter what and are talking so much about these big lofty things that actually mean a lot to a large group of people to be like i don't know preaching about it with literally 200 hours of education where i'm like i so for me to even say like I'm spiritual, I think that yeah. connection and association happens for me where I'm like, I don't I don't know. I've yeah. I've been involved in the community of people that literally are self-identifying spiritual mm-hmm. gangsters where it's like I'm not trying to go there with it, you know. Yeah. I appreciate that. And also just in the context of who you are, people definitely could take that and run with it, and also some people, just because you're like a yoga girly and a tattoo artist, also then all of a sudden are like, they jump to conclusions, nothing wrong with this, but then like in their mind, it's starting to be like, okay, the picture's coming together, you're a crystal girly and you pull your own tarot cards and you definitely like, whatever, you know, it starts to just form an idea of someone. And I think that's something that inevitably happens with our judgments around people but i'm definitely working on not seeing like one attribute someone like talks about their zodiac and you immediately are like oh okay so you're a big astrology girl it's like yeah not necessarily yeah that i do think like you said that can naturally happen because i try to be careful of if in a new interaction one person says one thing one time i'm like oh i try to be like okay they could have meant whatever so many things we are so many of us are so very there's so there's so much to us so many aspects so many little nooks and crannies and bite-sized pieces of information about us that build up our beautiful strand of dna also some of us have social anxiety and do things like me the other day somebody's wearing a blue and orange miami dolphins hat and we're walking by like we said on the street i've just got to say something to someone that i'm clearly walking straight towards me go fins (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i said that to brady because i was bringing our food out to the car and i told him right after he's like do people you call the dolphins fins? I'm like, I don't know, Brayden. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Why would you ask me? <laughs> um, That is very funny, Riley, but cool. <laughs> a, co- a cool look and a cool vibe. Um, yeah, well, I am totally taking this somewhere different now because I wanted to say I've been looking at your plants while we're doing this, and I thought it was the sweetest thing ever that someone... My client yesterday brought me a plant that she grew from the time she had a like clipping from another plant. And she grew it. She was growing this aloe for three years and gave it to me. And I just thought that was special. And to me, I'm like, that is where something that can become w- what feels like a pretty heartfelt felt, or deep connection that I'm like, you literally nurtured the growth of that, cared for it, made it live and breathe and grow. And then are giving me that thing that you put that love and work into. Feel Talking about, speaking of gifts, like heartfelt gifts, like what we were talking about, you know I will love that guy as long as it lives that, as far as we know, that thing could be with me for the rest of its life, for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's so sweet. And then the circle just continues where now you are going to pour that energy into it and the sun is going to pour energy into it and that plant is going to offer what it can by filtering your air and so it goes yeah i'm about to be i'm about to start hanging plants like above my bed just right above my nose like just barely distant so that my air is more pure yeah i love that now my house is fairly full of plants and they're all happy and they do appreciate not being in Wyoming they're like wow this air is a little bit easier for us yeah they're like ah big stretch (laughs) but I heard that plants do not belong in the bedroom because they have too much yang energy and i'm like okay i where we're crossing the line as if we uh, can speak to yang energy bro i don't know anything about that all i know is my happy little bedroom plant loves its sunny spot and i love seeing it each oh i have multiple actually bedroom plants so i don't know but they seem to be pretty good energy for me Yeah, it's supposed to be like they, you don't get as restful of a sleep, but I, yeah, I'm just like, "Mm." as soon as I put my eye mask on, I'm pretty much getting restful sleep, which did I talk on the podcast about how that's bending my little eyelashes? I think so. Because that does bug me, but you guys, it was so funny and so clutch because yesterday I my flight was super early i got home super late woke up super early i don't like losing sleep period um but only got a couple hours of sleep so then on the plane i brought a mask like a covid mask basically just one of the cloth fabric ones i pulled one of those out which had been a long time and i brought my I cover? Why did I just forget? Eye mask. Yeah, my eye mask. And so I had a hat on. I had my cap on, my eye mask on, and my my face mask. And I just was like, good night. But it did help me get some good sleep. Any you guys, I think that we're going to go off and have a fun little date because my, my mom's here, my mom and my twin and my twin, we're all here (laughs) and your twin is what I meant. (laughs) Your twin and my twin, we're all here and we're going to go have a fun little girls dinner. So wish us luck with that. It's restaurant week in Charlottesville. So they're doing fun little specials and stuff on menus. So can't wait yes we'll have to report back about our eating while we're here um but happy days and thank you for listening to us from the same little bedroom i hope that was fun and you got that energy of us in person and we were joking around about it but as much as we can record together we would love to i love getting to do this with you my friend i love it and i love you so much i will kiss those beautiful little cheeks of yours and your beautiful little gorgeous ringlet just hanging down on your nice nice just rosy little cheek I love you thank you I love you too and you can kiss it and you can kiss my little hound dog you can kiss my (laughs) ass well talk to you next time guys Bye. bye